Hope you're having a great day. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the very first episode of Deep Diving Into The Wise. And thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I'll be talking about why COVID-19 affects education now and after, as in post-COVID-19. COVID-19 is something that changed our lives completely. It is something that most of us has never experienced in our lives. For me, I felt very anxious, fearful, scared, impatient, panicked, and I'm pretty sure that the listeners out there probably felt similar emotions. And also many people have lost lives and many loved ones has passed away from COVID-19 and I am so sorry for these losses and I can only hope that this pandemic ends soon. Because of COVID-19, we faced many different problems. Many business sectors were affected, the travel sector especially, because people were in lockdown and no one could enjoy a vacation in this situation. So a lot of plane companies had lower profits and they definitely suffered. And this is similar for leisure sectors as well. One thing that personally affected me though was education. I'm a teen and I am a student so I spent most of my time studying and going to school and so education is really big in my life and so I have felt many different changes that have happened to education due to COVID-19. Luckily my school implemented online learning during the lockdown period and I am so so thankful for this. For us it was a pretty smooth transition but it was still jarring and it was a lot to get used to because we never done online learning like this. There was also the worry and the overwhelming feeling about COVID-19 so it was definitely hard to get myself motivated to study. During the time I was studying with online learning, I was wondering the effect of COVID-19 on education in general and how it affected the world, not just my school. And so, in this episode, I will be explaining just that. So, this episode will be in two parts. First, I'll be talking about why education was affected by COVID-19 right now. And then I'll be talking about why and how education will change when the infections slow down or the pandemic ends completely, which I sincerely hope is soon. Now let's move on to the very first part. Effects on education due to COVID-19 of now. I thought of five main effects that COVID-19 had on education. And this is based on research and also my personal experiences. So, effect number one. Education was taken online. As I said before, our school did online learning during lockdown. 
We had video lessons with teachers and we communicated them with technology. Many other schools all around the world implemented online learning. Lots of schools used apps like Zoom, Google Classroom, Skype to give a few to make sure students had the best learning experience as possible in this circumstance. And having experienced it all, personally I think online learning has some pros and cons, like many other things in life. So I want to start off with the pros. Personally, I felt that I was actually more concentrated in online classes. And let me explain why. There was less distractions that could happen and there was less students trying to distract other students. For example, in a school atmosphere, the students could be messing around and dancing and that could definitely distract the class. But you can't really do that on online learning. The students have to mute themselves. so. We could only hear the teacher and the students can't disrupt. And so I thought that was great. Also, there was the chat box function where you could ask questions and give comments without disrupting the class. So I felt that class moved quite smoothly in this point. Now moving on to the cons. The first con is technological breakdown. In my experience, sometimes the call just cut off or someone's mic was broken and we couldn't hear someone and that caused some delays in the classes. Also, there was a lot of, hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Now can we move on now? Sort of conversation going on all the time, which was redundant, but necessary because the microphone keeps breaking and it keeps messing up. Secondly, I feel this is one of the most important points, I think, is that students are more distracted by things. Sometimes I could hear or see people watching the TV because they forgot to mute themselves and it was so obvious that they weren't listening to the teachers because they couldn't answer simple questions and the teachers got really, really mad. The thing is, it's so easy to get distracted in an online learning experience. With one click, you could be watching a video, checking your phone, playing a game, or on social media. There's so much things you could be doing without your teacher noticing. And even if you put on your camera, it only shows a small portion of your body, so you could really be messing around and no one would notice. Now, in a school atmosphere, people will not have these distractions and the teacher can clearly see you. So school is definitely better in this aspect. And thirdly, there is less discussion in classes, at least in my case. It is harder to blurt out your opinion in classes and of course, Talking out of turn isn't a really good habit, but sometimes there are times where the student blurts out something and this leads to a really engaging and heated argument. And also another thing is that it's hard to stay motivated. Online learning requires a lot of self-management skills 
in time management. The teachers can't nag you to turn into your assignments, and you can really get away with not submitting homework. So that leads to less learning than you will have in the school atmosphere. Finally, there's less interactions. Although school's main focus is for education, there is still time where you can have conversations with friends, fellow schoolmates, and teachers. There's less breaks and less casual small talk that you have in normal school. Even in classes, face-to-face -face interactions lead to more, less tension, and it leads to funny stories and jokes, which always makes the class really, really engaging. And of course, you can chat with your friends outside of school time, but that's not the same as having face-to-face -face interactions. So online learning did have some cons, but it was definitely better than having no education because we were able to learn many new content through this media and I was so fortunate that I got it and I just want to emphasize that I am not complaining about it. I just mentioning the pros and cons, but I'm so, so grateful that my school did this for me and for other students. Now, effect number two. How much is learned during COVID-19 pandemic may be less than going to actual school. Now, this is quite obvious because students were also panicked and worried and this mindset could have affected their ability to concentrate in class. But there's also one interesting experiment that I found. In 2015, a scientist called Levy did an experiment and he concluded that more hours of teaching in school leads to better levels of education. What he did was he tested different countries such as Finland and Denmark which both have different numbers of hours spent in school per year. He found that for every one extra hour for each subject per year makes the average 6% higher than countries that teach one hour less. So what I mean by this is, for example, if Finland teaches 100 hours of math per year, while Denmark teaches 90 hours of math per year, then there will be some difference in the average of scores between those two countries. Of course, that data I just said is an example. It's totally made up, but it's this is what I mean. And using this logic, it can be said that the overall education levels of students could be going down during this pandemic. And with the issues I mentioned before about online learning, such as having distractions, the quality of learning and the amount of content learned by students could be less than what would have been learned if students went to actual schools. Now, effect number three. Parents have to educate their children. With less teaching hours, students may ask parents for help about homework than before. This is because there is less teaching and so you may have to ask an adult that knows better 
about things you don't get. And also, especially parents with younger students may be really stressed because younger kids need somewhere to play and release their energy. And school is most often the place these younger kids release their energy. But because of lockdown, many children are trapped in their homes and have to spend all their time at home. So parents have to engage them, take care of them 24-7, which could be really stressful. Even if the student has online learning, it's sometimes harder to ask personal questions because there's no time after school where you could meet the teachers privately and ask your private questions. For example, during COVID-19 pandemic, I really didn't get math and I was really confused because it, it was a hard topic and so I asked my dad for help. And if parents themselves have own jobs and they're working from home doing teleconferencing for example, teaching the children on top of the work may be really really stressful. And maybe, now this is a speculation over here, but this could be a factor that adds on to why there's more domestic abuse. Now, according to statistics released in the US, child abuse has actually gone down by 51% compared to April 2019. But hospitals are saying the opposite, saying that they've seen more cases of child abuse related admissions than before. So what this perhaps might tell is that the victims cannot report child abuse, but because of the added stress of the students staying inside the homes for longer hours, there's more child abuse and there's more chances for the abusers to attack the victims. And this is very heartbreaking and this is definitely an issue that the government and the police should give as much support to these children who are sadly abused by people. Moving on to effect number four, there's less focus on assessments. So some exams are cancelled because of COVID-19. And the reason is most probably because it's dangerous to take exams with so many students and it will be very, very close with other students. So it is dangerous for students to stay in this controlled area for a long time. There is the IB, which was canceled. And another example is the GCSEs and the A-levels in the UK. So GCSEs and A-levels are external exams in the UK, meaning it's sent to different and random teachers who mark your exams. So it will definitely be different from how your teacher marks it. The GCSEs are a two-year program and it is tested at the end of year 11. A-levels, on the other hand, is tested in year 13 and it is also a two-year program. This is something that students have to prepare a lot for. You have two years of content tested 
in the few weeks and I've seen so much YouTube videos of students cramming 10 hours of review every single day trying to get a good score. And these were cancelled. The official statement that was released by the government says that exams and assessments have been cancelled to give pupils, parents, and teachers certainty and enable schools and colleges to focus on supporting vulnerable children and the children of critical workers. So what they proposed instead of taking these exams is that the teacher, your own teacher, marks the tests and give grades depending on your report cards. And although students have the right to take an official exam in autumn 2020, if they do not take it, then their final grades are based on your own teacher. Personally, I also have an external exam that got cancelled. And I think cancelling these external exams probably was a good idea for this year because students had to worry and they had this anxious feeling about COVID-19 because everything suddenly changed because of COVID-19 and students may not have been able to concentrate on exam prep as much as they could have if they didn't have COVID-19. So it probably helped alleviate stress for students. Another exam that was cancelled is the SATs. The SATs is a standardized test and it tests English and math skills, as you listeners probably know. And this is used in the US and you take this before you apply to colleges. And this is used by colleges to shortlist candidates and to make sure that they have academic capabilities. Now, most colleges in the US require, it is mandatory to have SAT scores. But this year, SATs were not mandatory for US colleges for fall 2021. And most Ivy League schools as well do not require this test. And the reason why was that the online testing for SAT, it was not created. And it is also hard to take tests in the middle of a pandemic. So people who have already taken the SATs before COVID can submit it, but for other students, they don't have to submit it. Again, I think this was quite a good idea because there's less things to prepare for, less things to study for in this pandemic, and students may be able to focus on their personal statements or something else rather than their SATs. Now, for the final effect that COVID-19 had on education right now is that it creates the gap between lower income and higher income students. So many schools in the world moved on to online learning, but some students do not have computers, which could lead to an education gap between the students who do and the students who don't. According to the Associated Press, 17% of students lack a computer at home in the US. 
And according to UNICEF, internationally, almost one-third of the world's youngest people were already digitally excluded. So what this shows is that there is difference between the high-income students and the low-income students. And there may be an education gap because they don't have access to these technologies. However, I have read that the New York City is sending iPads to students who don't have computers, which probably will have helped the students to study during this pandemic. But if the student is in different states or different countries, this may not have been the reality. And so I want to give a specific example about this, and this is about Japan. In most public schools, Japan did not implement online learning. They were just given worksheets and they were told to read textbooks. And according to data released by the government, only 5% of cities or towns implemented online learning. And the problem for Japan is not so because everyone could not afford technology, but because the schools and the governments were not accustomed to technology use. The schools were not prepared to have online video calls. On the other hand, private schools were able to set up online learning more easily. And this may be because of using technology more often in their education. And so, students that have private school learning may have better education than private school students because of this income gap. Now schools are reopened in Japan actually, and they're actually cutting summer breaks for students. And students are required to go to school instead of having summer break. However, I've seen on the news that parents are very worried because they feel like they have not learned enough content during the COVID lockdown. And students who are applying to high school, or junior high school, or colleges need to study a lot during these periods. And parents who want their student kids to go to a good school may be really worried. Now, part two. Changes that might happen in the education system. So, I'll be talking about short-run and long-run changes. Firstly, I'll be talking about short-run changes. So, according to articles I read, schools plan to open in UK and the US in September. And there will definitely be changes on how school operates. Some countries have already started opening schools. For example, Japan, as I mentioned before and they're taking precautions such as wearing masks and changing arrival times. And this means that only few grades, for example, grade one and grade two comes to school in the mornings. Then they go home at noon. Afternoon, G3 and G4 come to school and they take lessons and they go home. This assures that students are socially distancing and are as safe as they could be. And I'm pretty sure that some countries will implement this strategy at least 
for a short term. When the pandemic is truly over, this operation will probably stop because it is inefficient and there is less, less in time. But at least in the few months ahead, this will probably be used in some countries. Another short-term change is that there may be lots of review and catch-up classes. Although some schools have done learning over the pandemic, there are still there may be people that did not understand the content or did not learn it as well as they could. So, teachers may have to go over some subjects to make sure that students have proper knowledge about the topics covered. The third change is probably the need for more psychological guidance. Some students may have become very anxious about COVID-19 and some may have even lost loved ones or family members due to COVID-19. And I think what's important for schools is to give emotional care and make sure that students are well and healthy in a mental perspective and to make sure that they're doing well. And this may be important as well as academic improvement. And finally, I'm pretty sure that all schools will ask students to measure their temperature before coming to school. Before, this wasn't necessary, of course, because it was there was no big pandemic. But by making sure that no one has a fever, we can make sure that students are not infecting other students and causing bigger infections. So students measuring temperature will probably be a more common thing after this or during this pandemic. Now about the long run. I think that there is going to be more online classes. In an April 2020 survey, 58% of US colleges are considering or decided to remain fully online for the autumn 2020 semester and 62% are considering decreasing the in-face-to-face lessons for autumn 2020. So this shows that many colleges in the U.S. are now used to online learning and they can conduct learning online and this could be really helpful in the long run. It may be better for students that could not go to universities or colleges because of financial needs. About $17,620 is spent on only living expenses, like the dorm rooms and food in college. And this means that maybe some students are not able to pay for these. If the student can take online learning and can maybe take college courses at home, then it may lead to more people taking on higher education if these costs could be reduced and there'll be more opportunities to all kinds of people. And another thing is the implementation of technology in schools. Now some schools may already have used technology but some schools will maybe use more technology or some schools will start implementing more digital tools. I'm pretty sure there's still going to be in-school teaching because these are effective, but 
these digital tools could aid learning even more. For example, videos could be sent to students for homework and they can watch it and then they can discuss it in class. And this may lead to more effective teaching. Finally, it may lead to less tests. For example, SATs and ACTs may not be as important. Now, I'm not sure about this, but it may be a possibility. In 2019, 41 schools in the US stopped requiring SATs and ACTs, so they were not mandatory. And this was the record number of test optional schools in history. And this was before the pandemic. So it is possible that in the wake of COVID-19, some schools may not focus on these standardized tests. So in conclusion, I have covered five effects COVID-19 had on education right now and some short and long-term impacts that COVID-19 may have on education afterwards. Education may become more flexible after this pandemic and it may change a lot or it may not change. We never know. I hope you enjoyed listening to this and if you liked it, please subscribe. I hope you'll tune in on the next episode as well. The next episode will be uploaded on the 15th again. So thank you so much for listening and till then.